0: Folks, if your financial professional tends to speak in terms of their industry jargon... Can be confusing, but it's important to have clarity, which is why I so recommend Arif Halaby of Total Financial Solutions. My wife Sue and I are Arif's clients because he provided us with such clarity. He is very knowledgeable and capable when it comes to reliable retirement income. Tune into Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870. The
1: Answer. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by. TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc.
0: Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi about
1: financial
0: power, the total financial
1: power. Now, has Hey, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Palaby. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for being a part of our show as we talk about your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, what that's all about. How to really make sure that what you're trying to achieve, really, in life is, uh, I think, balance. Right? The, the whole idea of balance. But in order to be balanced... Sometimes I think you have to be unbalanced most of the time, meaning it's just the opposite of people think, "Oh, I have balance I can be a, a stay at home mom and we can buy the fancy new car boat plane, house uh I can be a stay at, uh, a dad that comes home at at uh you know six o one for dinner at six thirty. I get my two and a half weeks vacation a year, and I'm never going to work overtime, not a second job." Well, there are a few people that can live like that, but by and large, folks, I just want you to know that's not normal. It might be normal for you, but if you don't come up, come up from or come from, I, I don't know, habits, right, where people financially have achieved things in in their life, in your life, where you can look at it and say, okay, here's step one, step two, and there are the automatic results are gonna be success financially that looks like this. I don't think most people have that. I think they saw parents struggle. I think sometimes they overdid it. Dad was married to his job, left his family alone, right? Dad strays from his from his wife with the secretary, right? People have a messy, messy life. So we adopt sayings. We adopt these sayings in which we, uh, you know, at least we start out with how to cope with some of the messiness and in the end, these messy sayings, these, these sayings that I think are, are quite ignorant. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. But they're sayings that people say when they know they're either lying to themselves, they're lying to others, or you're just grossly ignorant. Yep, I said it. Nice person you might be beyond ignorant is what I say when I look at these silly sayings. I'll give you an example of how they impact, in my opinion, your financial life in a dramatic way, really. Okay. They'll say things like, well, Eric, it is what it is. It is what it is. You, you guys might say that. You say that out of habit sometimes, but let me share with you why I think it's one of the most ignorant sayings when it comes, because it removes, right? It removes the responsibility of change in your life. Because financially speaking, you know, it is what it is. Biden is the president, it is what it is. California is a democrat state, it is what it is. Except you don't realize that in this is what it is story, you actually have the power to make a change. Right? You have time to work on your living trust. Here's where I see it number 1. Here's where I see it financially making a big difference. Okay? You have time to work on your living trust when you're close to dying? You're too distracted well, you're just trying to get well. You have cancer, you have treatments. I've seen it where people are fighting for their lives with their spouses. I say, okay, have you done a living trust yet? Have you considered what to do with the minor children yet? Or if we're just not prepared to go there right now mentally? And this, it is what it is. We're going to, we're going to get to it when we can. Okay. Well, what's the economic result? Massive amounts of dollars, Spent in probate, massive amounts of dollars given to attorneys, to judges, to the state of California, and not to you and your family. Because we get so distracted, we think we're supposed to be balanced in life. When there is something that needs to be done, which would throw us out of balance, we resort to some silly ignorant saying, it is what it is. Well, it... To me, when I hear that, guys, I cringe. People that know me well will look over at me when somebody says that in, our, in, in the group that we're with. And, and now i will just, I'm polite. I'll be kind, smile. But I just know when t- it is what it is. Okay, well, I love that. Here's another one that I, I find that's pretty incredible. Well, it makes up for the lack of action. It's, it makes you feel better when you're not saving what you should be saving, financially speaking, right? You're not putting the money in your retirement account, your 401k. You claim that you're not going to do the matching because the matching is this. I can do it, but they're not going to match anything. So I'm not going to save in my retirement account. Well, what's the saying that I hear pretty regularly? Well, something is better than nothing. Grossly ignorant, dumb statement. Something is better than nothing. And I always say, gosh, really guys? Is that... is that as as good as you got? (laughs) Something is better than nothing. Saving in your company retirement plan, you go to the match and and I say, no, you need to put in more money. Oh, yeah, if you don't understand, it's tough. I get it. Every time you get a pay raise or a cost of living increase, whatever you start with, hopefully you can start with a higher number, but let's just say you can't. Life happens. I understand. So what do you do? You put in a little bit more each and every time. Every time you get a pay raise, you take that and increase your retirement account. Now, if you can't, if it's just a real big struggle, then you have to do at least half. Half goes to increase your retirement savings. Half goes to put money against your debts. And I don't mean good debt because there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Mr. Ramsey and I disagree. That's one of the few areas we disagree, actually. I think good debt is good. Bad debt is bad, right? You learn how to manage debt. You learn what that's about. You learn to make sure you're not making dumb decisions so that if you have, right, if I own this office building and it's bringing in, let's say I pay a million dollars for it and it's bringing in $15,000 a month in rents, but it's costing me $10,000 a month. Well, those tenants are making me 5,000 a month and I don't have to show up. I don't have to work. I don't have to be away from my family, right? I was out of balance for a period of time to buy that asset. It was not comfortable. wasn't my ideal situation. You do what you can. You fight, you struggle, you work so that you can be comfortable later. I don't mean comfortable in your, in your efforts, right? Because the moment you get comfortable, ask anybody that's retired. I don't care if they retired at 50, 60, 70, 80. How quickly does their health decline right afterwards? Because their purpose was gone, and they got comfortable. So when I talk about retirement, when I say I want you to save money for retirement, it's at any time. It doesn't have to be sixty-five and a half, sixty-six and three months. No, no, no it does. That's none of that. When I say retirement, it's your ability to do what you want to do, where you make the difference. You can want you want clean water for villages in Africa. You get to do it. Why? Because your food, shelter, clothing, your business, your money. Uh, That's coming in on the first of every month, direct deposit. So your money is making money, and your time and your effort gets to be a missionary, uh, gets to uh, coach volunteer baseball, take less of a pay, because maybe you have to be paid something at at your kids' college uh, or high school or elementary school coach football, baseball team, so that you can actually spend the same money to hire an assistant coach. Maybe the assistant coach is paid more, but you still have your lifestyle being met. I mean, I, I guess the, the, the list is endless. I can go on and on about why and, and what your purpose should be. There's a million different things that can matter to you. Teaching art. You've heard me talk about a client who worked for one of the big defense contractors, had a big pension back when they gave them. Wonderful. Had a big retirement account. We managed that. And, 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 Here he worked for $17 an hour, helping a high school student, you know, uh, that was special needs, go from class to class, take notes, carry his backpack, kind of explain to him. I said, you know, you have over a million dollars just in this one account. You have pension income coming in of $9,000 a month. He says, well, I don't work for the $17. I work because I happen to be really good at math and I want to teach and work with young people. I mean, can you see that? That's incredible. That's probably why in the type of person that's drawn to our firm, because Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services, our job is to help you manage your money, get out of debt, plan for retirement, have a life that's meaningful, and believe it or not, treat you like an adult. And not this crazy, well, you know, when we're looking at the bifurcation, if you have at least $500,000 in assets, we will take your money. Yes, we will. Mm -hmm. Mm. And we'll charge a fee each and every month, whether we do a good job or whether we stink. Right? Those uh, Those are the fishers of the world. Nice people, probably. But if you don't have a half a million dollars for some of these firms, do you know what they do? They ignore you. And then try to take your money out of these accounts. It just happened this last week. Try to take your money out of these accounts. And then, uh, you know, oh my gosh, we're having problems right now with the thrift savings plan. We have a, a, a former government worker, big time. Yes, big government worker. And TSP or thrift savings plan I don't know. I don't know if corrupt is the right word. I don't know if mismanaged is the right word. I don't know if incompetence. But for some reason, they can't seem to send out a check and it's only been nearly six months. For some reason, they can't seem to find this person's account and it's only been six months. And we know what's in that account. Thrift savings plan, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, or supervisor, can we talk to somebody? Nope. Can we email them? Nope. Well, But you can't say, you're the person on the other end of the phone that can't say yes. You can only say no. So you're no good to me. Right? I might as well talk to a wall. The answer is the same. No, no, no. When I talk to a customer service person, I say things like, uh, are you somebody, but before I get started, here's my problem. Um, I don't want to get into the details, but are you somebody that can say yes? Can you authorize this? No. Okay, then wonderful. I'm just talking to the wrong person. I need somebody that can say yes. Who is that? You, you, you get the idea. So I'm not a fan of that ignorance. Something is better than nothing. Check that box. woof Let's go relax now. I have a beer. That's what I want—a beer. Beer, 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 beer. Watch the game. Something is better than nothing. Grossly ignorant statement. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to others. Something. One of those. Okay, here's another one. I love this one. Well, Eric, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Listen, see, let me back up. All of these sayings have a kernel of truth to them. Of course they do. Of course they do. But when you talk about your financial life and you say something like, well, you got to start somewhere, and you forget the, the idea or the fact that you're not really doing the right match for the company retirement plan. You should be putting more money in. You, you have the funds to do it. And really, where do I see it? Well, because you think somebody else is going to care for your children. Right? So what do you get? You get the company life insurance plan. The company life insurance plan, I want you to know something very important. We had this happen recently. Client comes in, says, oh, I have the company life insurance plan. It's free. Or, I, no, no, let me back up. She paid, it's free for something. And then she paid for for a little extra, whatever it was. I said, okay, let's take a look. And it was about $50 a month. I thought, well, okay, $25 a paycheck. They pulled it out of her paycheck. That, that's pretty good. We can, that's a good number. I don't know. I don't think I can beat that. Let's see what we can do. How do we compliment it or make sure it's there for you? And and so we call the company. We get a hold of the HR person and the HR person says, I'm gonna call you back. So she calls us back and she says, oh, I forgot to tell this was April by the way. Oh, I forgot to tell you that December 31st, that plan was canceled. We said, well, what do you, what do you mean? She's been pulling, she's been paying $50 a month for this quote, corp- uh, corporate company owned, employer sponsored life insurance plan. It, it's right here, it's right here on her paycheck. They said, yeah, we apologize. Uh, we, we didn't send out the notifications. So they send out notifications rather immediately to all the employees. They refund her the $50 times however many months, five, four, five, six months. And they say, sorry. Now, what if she would have passed away? January, February, March, April. What if she would have passed away? And the hundreds of thousands of dollars her family was expecting for that $50 a month. Well, it's the uh, company retirement plan. And you got to start somewhere, so that so at least I have that. You got to start somewhere, and I always ask yourself, who do you think is going to care for your children? Who? who, who? Maybe you're somebody who is responsible, and I say it's a blessing. It's not easy because not all blessings are simple and nice, right? Sometimes they're a little bit tough. Not easy. Maybe the you have the blessing of caring for your grandchildren right? Some days it doesn't, I, it doesn't seem that way. And you think, oh, what happened? Well, just know for them to have somebody like you in in their life, stable, solid, good values, consistent experience, raising children, right? I think that's valuable. Who's going to care for them if you pass away? So whether you're a child, uh, sorry, whether you have children or grandchildren or a spouse or a special needs spouse, somebody that's counting on your providing an income stream your production of caring for the home right just to take it down to the most most you know visceral of life laundry housekeeping making sure the kids get off to school on time you might have a great pension but is that enough to hire somebody is that enough to bring somebody to care for your disabled spouse so a lot of people well they think somebody else is gonna be there to care for. So what do you need? How do you fix that? Well, you get a life insurance plan that is directly owned, sponsored, prepared, by you, for you. And you can do it today. Gosh, life insurance is all a function. Let's be clear on this. It's all a function of life expectancy. If you're just trying to buy life insurance for the purpose of uh, getting uh, debts paid off, paying off your house, whatever it might be, paying for ch- children's college, then term life insurance is by far the best choice. Inexpensive, quick and easy to get normally, because the company doesn't have to pay you for the rest of your life. They know, in fact, most likely, you're going to probably never use it. I think it's 2 or 3% of term life plans are paid out, something like that. That means that most of the time the people pass away after the plan expires. But if that's the job of the life insurance, right? It's to buy time, right? Buy yourself 10 or 20 or 30 years to pay off your debt, to pay off the house, to build up your savings, to build up your retirement account, to qualify for a pension. Those things take time. And you can rent a bag of money, and that's what term insurance is for, especially if you have a specific number. I want to pay off my $500,000 mortgage. I want to provide $100,000 each for each of my kids to attend college, right? You can quantify those numbers. We put it in a formula, simple enough. But be clear on this. A term insurance plan doesn't have any cash value. So it is not built in order to give you any savings component. And if you build your financial life so you don't need it, then fine, you don't need it. Some of you, you do need it. So when I go back and I say, first of all, let's make sure we match, we put in what the employer is matching. Second of all, is that sufficient? I don't want you to say I have, uh, you know, a thousand dollars a month going into my retirement account and I don't have any life insurance to pay off my half a million dollar house. Or or to provide so that my wife doesn't have to get two jobs to raise our kids, right? I do, you, you've got to plan this stuff out. There's processes. There's step one, step two, step three. Oh, you can still go and put more money for, for saving for retirement. Let's go back. Let's start building up that other account. Do you need tax savings now? Traditional IRA, traditional 401k. Or do we have a lot of write-offs now and we need tax savings later? That's the Roth 401k, the Roth IRA. You see, you either pay taxes now on a smaller amount, or you pay taxes later on the greater amount. If today you have a house mortgage with interest, you have minor children that you care for that are dependents. If you have that, then you have probably the best and the most tax write-offs you're ever going to have right now done. And so you have to ask yourself, does it make sense to put into a traditional IRA account? Maybe the answer is no. Right? Maybe you're gonna look at it and say, I think I have way too much set aside for pre tax money today. Okay, so ask yourself that. Important you 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 strategize this and put it in an order. All right, here's number one. Think this uh, next step with this. Ask your employer to give you a copy of the certificate. If you have an employer-sponsored life insurance plan, there is a certificate. It's not an insurance policy. The policy is owned by the employer. There's one policy. 50 employees, there's 50 certificates. Okay, I want you to have a copy of that certificate. You need to. Keep it in your records. Okay, here's another one. I love this one. You got to start somewhere, remember? Brought that up. You do what you can. A statement I think is grossly ignorant. You're lying to yourself. You're giving yourself a little bit of cushion. I got a pass. Here's my pass. Uh, Well, you do what you can. I said it. You do what you can. Feel good. I feel good at the end of the day because I did what I could. Retirement planning is a decision that you don't have to make until you're in your 60s. That's the lie. Eh, you do what you can. Many big decisions need to be made when you have time to course correct. Change course if we're wrong. Add this. Stop that. Make changes here. And listen, an indictment of the financial industry, let me tell you, and this whole confidence I think we're at a crisis of confidence. I think we've now come clear that the management of the FBI is corrupt. I think we know that. I think the management of the uh, clandestine units, the CIA, the Secret Service, all of those folks, the way their job was to overturn uh, President Trump's decisions at every turn. Right. That's the whole idea. Michael Flynn's job was to come in and shake that up because he was... The director of one of those top agencies. So he knew where the bodies were buried, so to speak. He knew where the corruption and the changes that need to be made and they didn't want them. So they set him up. So a deal was made, an FBI conversation, James Comey, it's history. You can find it. There are great books written about it. Uh, Jarrett, I forget his first name, but Jarrett from Fox News actually wrote an amazing book on it. Okay. You can find this information, so it's not like i'm making stuff up, but we have a crisis of confidence. We now know the politicization of the Department of justice, right the prosecutions putting into these uh holes, if you will because people showed up, they used geofencing right verizon a t and t they all gave up the data up oh, here's where this person was. They were in the Capitol building. Well, okay, then you shouldn't have been in there, but guys, I was trespassing. Now listen, if you said, but the guy opened the door for me, security opened the door for me, the police opened the door for me, maybe you have a great argument, I don't know. But there was no argument for running down the halls or kicking in stuff or writing on walls or whatever else they might've done. Zero. They should be treated the same as any San Fernando Valley gang member who did graffiti. They should be treated the same for any other person. Uh, Black Lives Matter taking over Portland police stations and Seattle. Uh, Yeah, you you take over a city. You scare the daylights out of people. You're supposed to pay for that. But not for people protesting. It doesn't make sense. So there's a crisis of confidence in the Department of Justice. Cryptocurrency. Have you not seen the crisis of confidence there? (laughs) Right? Sam Bakeman, for some reason, he feels like he's not even going to be prosecuted. Is that weird? Right. Instead of having cryptocurrency, and listen, if you want some of that for your portfolio, great. I don't know where it's going. I know this. I know in 1999, I started as a financial professional in 1996. By 1999, I was uh, doing great, busy. Uh, our clients were making lots of money. Internet, aggressive growth. Some of you heard me say the the year we made 113 percent. It was 1999. One hundred and thirteen percent Van Campen Emerging Growth. I remember because my Roth IRA was in it. <laughs> I think I had two thousand or four thousand dollars. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't enough to go. Wow! Well, I went from a hundred to two hundred. No, I didn't have that much. I was still young and still still trying to get out of a hole. So nineteen ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. So so we're putting money into clients' accounts. Van Campen Emerging Growth doesn't exist anymore. So don't go try to look it up. One hundred and thirteen percent. The next year I think it lost forty and fifty, and then the next year forty and 50, whatever it was. Lost down in the tank after. But here's what took place. The internet fell apart, didn't it? But did it disappear? No. Many, many companies that existed no longer existed. Many were bought up for pennies on the dollar. I think we're in that same phase with crypto. The thousands and thousands of cryptocurrency and the way that they calculate things. Are, is it going to disappear? I don't think so. Not at all. Is this one going to be better than that one? Is this one going to survive And this one? I, I don't know. Somebody's going to survive. Guess it right, right? So so what, like a, a Microsoft or an Apple computer, guess it correctly in 2000? If you're not a millionaire, you're pretty darn close afterwards, buying a thousand shares of something. But which one? So I think there's a crisis of confidence in cryptocurrency. Financial professionals? lying to you and telling you that your money is safe, skiing in Aspen, vacationing in the Bahamas. Meanwhile, you've lost 10, 20, 30% or more. And then you guys go back to the same companies, right? Whether it's Merrill Lynch or Fidelity or Vanguard or Charles Schwab or Raymond, I don't, I don't know. If they lost your money, why would you give them more? Oh, well, I'm going to go back. and Eric, you've got a great, uh, you, Eric, got a great program. I'm going to go ask them. <laughs> are you kidding me? These are the same people that lost your money. They're, you think they're going to say, let's go safe? I got an idea. Since we just lost your money, let's put money in safety. Hmm. Maybe they should pay you the fee for bringing it to their attention. Or maybe you reach out to us at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. We'll be right back after this break.
0: The total financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial
1: power. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me, Arab hour. Halabi. Now, Arab total financial hour. For- this is AM870, The Answer. Appreciate you spending uh, some of your Sunday morning with me. Hopefully you had a good day at church. Some of you are just coming out of it. Appreciate you taking time to, to tune in. We're talking about your family's finances. I'm giving you ideas, things that I've seen over my career, 27 years, I guess, 10 years prior as a trader and as an investor. So been around you know, less people during that period of time. I spent time as a Los Angeles police officer, uh, almost 11 years, I guess, under 11 years. But it was a lot of fun. Learned it, got injured, had to change careers. Kind of a yucky way to go, but it happens. What do you do when you surround yourself with what i call phoniness right you lie you lie to yourself people do all the time right drug addicts are good at this sex addicts any addicts right when you look at (coughs) hunter biden well when you look at uh you know addicts even families are in denial biden right when you go through this life and you see the denial that people have when they uh, the biden family for example and then they continue to promote it and they put (laughs) They put Hunter Biden in charge of the family's finance. Hunter, go shake down China, and they will give you money. You realize the Chinese uh, intelligence is so deeply woven into the Biden family. I-, I mean, do you understand that? Right, everything that they make is an excuse about oh Russia, Putin, and Russia. China is larger than the United States. The Russian economy is what larger than. Maybe Virginia, right? It's nothing comparatively. I mean, they both have nuclear weapons, of course. You got to respect that. It's the whole purpose of nuclear weapons. But you're a corrupt state. Under the Clinton administration, maybe some of you know this, Clinton administration, Boris Yeltsin gives Bill Clinton a call. I happen to know this from a source that was literally on that call. It's pretty incredible. Amazing story. Amazing what a uh, I don't know, a couple drinks will give you when when people start talking about stories. It was simple. It was like, listen, Boris Yeltsin needed money. Bill, I love the accent. Bill, I need 10 billion dollars. Said what? I need 10 billion dollars. Bill Clinton saying, you know, President Clinton's like, "I'm not interested in helping you bribe an election because that was coming up." It took a bit to understand. Of course, Boris Yeltsin spoke English, so they're kind of going through this process. And he's and President Clinton's saying, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get involved in that internal politics." And he's listening and listening. And then before you know it, Bill Clinton changes his mind and gets it. He he understands what the real problem is, right? Because sometimes we don't know what the real problem is. And the real problem was simple: their economy was going to collapse. So the United States authorized $10 billion, with a B, billion dollars, to be flown into Russia during Clinton's administration, flown into Russia, distributed amongst the banks overnight, I don't know, I'm guessing US special forces, that somebody with a, a gun and a lot of uh, influence flies in with that money into the various banks, various big cities, wakes up people probably bank managers in the middle of the night distributes that money into the banking system and keeps it from collapsing. So why was it in the best interest of the United States to do that? Well, very simple. We never got paid that back, by the way. I want you to know that we never got that money back. Still owed, never was paid back. And so what does Putin do? Uh, Sorry, what does Boris Yeltsin do? Well, he, he keeps the nukes, especially those little suitcase nukes, as they call them, it just means they're smaller, the smaller nukes from being permeated into the system, sold into the black market, right? So if we can keep hard currency, which means U.S. currency, not inflated, worthless rubles at the time, from being, uh, right, we, we can buy, if you will, the cooperation, and many of these people didn't realize they were on the payroll of the United States. Very fascinating. A few years later, I believe it was later, $30 billion to Mexico for the same thing. Clinton administration, they call up, Bill, we need $30 billion. That's how corrupt and broke the Mexican government was. We need $30 billion. So what does the U.S. do? Well, it doesn't want a flood of people coming. Wait a second, we're already getting that. The flood of people across the border, right? That's what we wanted to prevent. Oh, well, it's already happening. So much for that, ask for a refund. Thirty billion dollars went to Mexico. Clinton administration pays it. Now, supposedly it was paid back to the United States, maybe, I don't know. Thirty billion dollars. Twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, right? Middle of the nineties. It's a lot of money. Maybe maybe you don't know that. It's a lot of money, but it is. You see, that's what happens when you lie to yourself. It's what happens when you pretend that money and politics are two separate things. They are intertwined like the uh, rope that you see holding down that Christmas tree, right? That twine, that intertwine, same thing, money and politics, your retirement account and politics, How do you protect yourself? I think you do it by not lying to yourself, using things like, well, at least I tried. Right? That's my next one. At least I tried. I always say there's no such thing as trying. There's doing your best or just don't do anything. When my kids would say, dad, at least I tried. I said, did you do your best? If you did your best, great. Then I'm good. And and, right. I could do my best to play a concert piano that you would understand the song and it would stink. Cause I didn't do my, I don't, I don't know. I understand it. I can do my best, but I, I'm no good at playing the piano. I could do my best at trying to sculpt something out of clay. Nah, nice try. So you always ask, did you do your best? Now to do your best sometimes requires long preparation to do your best. Sometimes long information gathering, right? Knowledge. Sometimes it means implementing. So doing your best is a compilation of a lot of things. So did you do your best? I don't like this idea. I tried. Now listen, some of you mean you did your best, but you said, I tried. My encouragement to you is to use the proper words. Put yourself in a position to where you actually make sense, where you say, where you're precise of what you mean. At least I tried. My least favorite term, most people that know me. Here's where I find it. When paying off debt in an inefficient manner, Meaning you're paying the highest interest rate first instead of the lowest balance. And I say, Well, gosh, you have ten debts here. Let's pay them off in a proper way. You go, well, at least I'm trying. At least I'm trying. Or you don't go to school to get that extra degree. This is a family member, somebody I know. Took the class, didn't take the certification test. Why? Because didn't want to fail. Didn't want to fail. Didn't want to look bad, didn't want to feel bad, didn't want to, so, so didn't, so therefore didn't receive the pay raise and therefore didn't provide for his family the way that he should, in my opinion, right? Because, but he said, I tried, oh, I tried. You see, sometimes you guys say you tried and that's an excuse for failure. It makes you feel good because just like politics and money are intertwined, so are your feelings. Good example. I think we should just give money to the homeless. That guy sitting on the corner, we should give him money. The person at the gas station while I'm pumping my gas just needs gas to get home from Bakersfield. I just need to give them money because you feel. I'm going to tell you, first of all, most of those are scams. In fact, I don't know of any that aren't. And this is what I did for a living as a policeman right on the streets. This is what we had to deal with on a regular basis. So, I'm telling you, these are scams. In the financial world for 27 years, they're scams. But you feel good, don't you? Check a box, vote for that political party. That guy said the right things. That lady mayor, don't worry, that candidate, she said the right things. So I feel. So let's feel. I don't like the way that guy makes me feel, so I'm not going to vote for him. So I feel. I I love those things, right? right? Feelings are good with your husband, your wife, your kid. Feelings. Feelings has almost nothing to do or should have nothing to do with your money and, believe it or not, with your politics. Because I didn't feel like I wanted to have President Trump marry my daughter. But it didn't matter to me. He wasn't going to marry my daughter. He was trying to fix the country. Oh, well, you know, I just feel like, I feel like, oh. So I want you guys to, to kind of grow up out of this. Mature, get yourself. I don't care how old you are. You need to grow up out of it, right? Stay away from your feelings as much as you can. When you're making a decision, back up and say, is this a feeling decision or is this a logical decision? There are times when you have to use feelings, men, (laughs) believe it or not. You have to. It's part of life. But I don't want you using feelings when it comes to money, men and women. Right? We can do that. Well, I feel like I need a new car. I feel like I need a new. Okay, but do you? If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Somebody should be on the outside, be able to look at that same decision without that emotional connection and say, okay, this is the right thing. So when I look at your debt from the outside, oh, but I feel like I want to pay this debt because I took it out because I don't have that. Right? I'm a professional. I'll look at it. I'll look at the numbers. I'll look at the, the payments. I'll look at the balances. And I'll tell you which one you should pay off first, which one you should pay off second. And you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Highest interest rate. I go, no, no, and probably another no. The highest interest rate has nothing to do with getting out of debt sooner. Maybe this is the last area that I disagree with Mr. Ramsey on. Highest interest rate is mildly interesting. I like the idea of paying off the lowest balance first. You have extra money, you received a pay raise, Christmas bonus, pay off that lowest balance. I know, Eric, but I see 37% interest. Okay, great, but but then you're not going to get out of debt as fast as possible. Okay, so your feelings are driven towards that. And this is, this is probably one of the, the ones that limit... Your success in life is my next one. Grossly ignorant, lying to yourself, lying to others, maybe using your own fear. And here it is. Just be careful. Don't take chances. Be careful and don't take chances. Listen, be careful. Don't take big chances. Don't take that kind of risk. Okay, I want you to take risk, but smart risk. When you're younger, you have a lot more time to recover. Right? I took some big risks. I swung hard in my 20s against the better wishes of my wife, by the way, who said, "Ah, probably those guys aren't good to, to work with. I was blinded, didn't look at the math the right way, didn't understand it really. So even if I looked at it, I didn't know what I was looking at. And we got scammed, I got in trouble financially. I lost most of our, our money. Mid-20s, late 20s, stinks by the way, just so you know. So I said, uh-oh, I'm a smart guy. I carried a gun, I was still a policeman at the time. I better go back to school and finish and figure out why I got scammed, why I got ripped off. I was the smart one. My wife, quote, wasn't in the, the, the financial trading stock market business, I was. And yet she figured this out. What did I miss? So instead of sitting in a corner, feeling sorry for myself, never taking a chance again, right? That's what you do, sit down. Oh, well, never. I got in trouble. So you don't want to get in trouble again, so just sit back. Don't do anything. Instead, what I did was very simple. I said, okay, let's take a chance, but now let's be smart about the chances. Starting a business, this is where it manifests itself. Starting a business is too risky. Working for a company that can fire you at any time, I think that's risky. You understand that? You think starting a business is risky. I think working for a company where they can say, and now you're working next to this person. I'm like, but I don't like that person. She smells. Oh, I I don't like that guy. He's rude. Tough luck. I'm your boss. I'm going to tell you where to work. You're like, but I I don't like that. It's tough luck. Right? I think that's risky. Now, listen, if you've already got it into your mind and you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, then you just make the best of where you are. But if you have a young person in your life and you're somebody who says this in your family, these sayings, these six sayings I brought up, maybe you should think twice about it because then you're transferring your fears, your weakness, your inability to make a decision, your inability to be successful in business, your inability to understand math, And you're transferring it to them. So now they say, stay in your lane. So as a parent, what are you good at? You're probably good at good and maybe even great at a lot of things, but it doesn't mean you have any idea on certain things that are outside of your lane, business management, real estate, property management, stock buying, investment, income management. Maybe, maybe that's not your thing. Starting a business is too risky. Working for a company, in my opinion, that can fire you at any time or a boss that controls your promotion because you're white, because you're black, because you're male, because you're a female, right? How many women have had to work against, uh, work with uh, sexually abusive, right? Certainly suggestive bosses, but she's a single mom. Someone's going to care for her kids. So she put up with it. So that's my point. Wouldn't it be great to say, I'm not going to be here. Why? Because you stink. <laughs> because you're a worse person to, to work around. I'm not going to work around you. Where do we see this happening? Teachers unions, right? They become the, the devil, I guess. But it's very simple. When teachers used to be paid $15,000, $20, $25,000 a year, 30000 a year, because they only work eight and a half months a year. I'm sorry. I love you. I love my teachers. I love my educators, but you still only work eight and a half months a year. It doesn't mean you're bad, right? I'm not going to lie or tell, use my feelings to say you have to work in a, in a prison population. Really? You're probably a prison guard in some of these schools more than you are an educator. I get it. It's horrible. You're breaking up fights. Kids are calling you names. They're throwing things. You can't Defend yourself, because if you do, you're suspended. Because the district and the union have no courage. Instead of standing up and saying, "Your son is a troublemaker, ma'am," I, I didn't do it because he's a black, my you know white Hispanic. I didn't do it because of that. I did it because he's a bully, and he's interrupting and he's throwing. Oh, can't do that. I get it. So you should get hazard pay, and you still work eight and a half months a year. Okay. Just be honest about it. Because here's the other part that I really dislike. I really dislike this whole push against this this equity of opportunity. You see, once the equity of opportunity, because that was the big deal, right? Uh, the turn of the century, last century, 1900s, 1940, 1950. Okay, we, we fought in World War II, says the black community. And not only did we hold our own, we actually did uh, amazingly well, says the Tuskegee Airmen and other black-only divisions. If you take a look at their accomplishments, uh, you might think twice about saying anybody is less than anybody because they did pretty darn well, to put it nicely. And they just wanted a chance. That's all they said. They said, listen, we can be great pilots. Just give us a chance. The women who helped create uh, right, the, the, the mathematical geniuses in the nuclear uh, w- uh, weapons world, in the development of high level of math, we just want a chance. Just give us a chance. We can compete if you give us, ready for this, a level playing field. Does that sound familiar? All right. So fast forward, George W. Bush 2 and 1, put Colin Powell right into positions of power in the United States. Secretary of Defense, National Security Director. I mean pretty darn powerful positions. Condoleezza Rice. NSA, right? National Security Advisor. She has a team of people. She just wanted a chance. Surprise, she thrived like a like a amazing. And we as a nation should honor that. And then comes along the biracial president, Barack Obama. And he becomes president of the United States. There isn't a more hated person. It's part of the reason they disliked and hated, if you will, Clarence Thomas, because he was married to a white woman. It's not me saying this, it's Democrats, right? It's the Jim Crow South. It's the look at the laws that lasted in the Democrat communities up until recently. Well, we get a biracial president. Wonderful. Not only does he win once, he wins twice. And I don't agree with everything he did. In fact, I agree with very little that he did. But the United States, at at such an enormous percentage, voted him in not once, but twice. So I think all of these uh, uh, race-baiting, grievance organizations didn't have a choice. They have to create, because now there's equal opportunity. Not perfect. What do you think, we're in heaven? Of course, it's not perfect, but financially, when you have CEOs of companies, Coca-Cola, CEOs of black entertainment television, the wealthiest at one point in the early 2000s, before the internet boom took off, the wealthiest 10 Americans, five of them were black. Five. You had Michael Jordan, Bill Cosby, Oprah, the head of BET television, Tiger Woods, the wealthiest. That's important you understand that. Because I think what happened was these grievance industries, the Jesse Jacksons, Al Sharptons of the world, didn't have a place to go. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, we're obsolete. We're still selling wagon wheels. We're selling buggies. And there's cars now. So they had to create this whole equal outcome. So then they start taking over the state of California. Because if you can control the state of California, you get to make policy for a lot of other states. Now, until the courage of the Arizonas and Nevadas and the Colorados come into play, because they don't have the courage to stand up for their people. They just say, me too, right? Whatever Cali- uh, California is. Yep, uh-huh, 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 me too. That's why if you look at the, uh, the, the California vehicle code, it's nearly identical to the Arizona vehicle code. Because instead of creating their own, they're like, why reinvent the wheel? We'll just do that, me too. So you end up with, a state that was controlled by people that required the outcomes to be the same. You see, because when the outcomes are the same, if that's your thing, you realize you will never run out of a job. If you focus on the, the uh, access Right with the affirmative action rules, with the amount of people that have to sit on your boards—if you it doesn't matter their quality—but you just put them on a board. Why? Because they they check a box. Lucky for you, if you can if you can have a minority female on a board of director, you get two box checks for that one. I saw it. I got out placed. I I finished number one in a job when I was a police officer, detective trainee. Number one on the list. I know this because uh, a friend of mine actually was involved with the administrative end of the list after it was uh, decided that I would not get the job and they took the third person down. Why? Because it checked two boxes. So I had a choice, right? I could, I could sit in a corner and and whine or I said, I'm just going to go figure it out. I'm just going to keep applying, keep interviewing. I'm going to find a position that I could get a promotion. Because when you do that, and you start forcing the equality of outcomes, you have to bring the standards lower. You, you have to. Because if the janitor is going to make the same as the brain surgeon, what are you going to do? The janitor, brain surgeon. Who's going to make more money? Probably the brain surgeon. So you either have to bring down the brain surgeon's income or increase, called uh, minimum wage, increase the janitor's income now what about the lazy son of a gun who sits on a couch and works 25 hours a week or, or an educator hard-working people folks i told you i think they should get prison guard pay but they work eight and a half months out of the year and you say because you work eight and a half months out of the year we have to pay you the same as if it's a 12-month job you can argue that's the way it should be and if it is what do you have to do do you raise up the part-time uh per year workers Or do you bring down the full-time workers' pay, Uh, right? Because you have to make, if if the job is at quality, and because most educators in the United States, certainly in the elementary school and junior high and high school, are, are women, and we're trying to get the equal gender deal, well, then maybe you have to go down that road. You guys get to decide on what you do for your life. I want you to take my six things that I talked about, see if you can fix one of them, see if you can get rid of one of them out of your vocabulary, Every week, every month. You can always reach out to me at 888 Retire. Stay tuned. I have your emails, your questions after the break. Arif Hallaby. this is The Total Financial Hour. 888 997 3847 99 Retire. Thanks for listening. Stay with me. The second hour of The Total Financial Hour. Be right back. To
0: Araf now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power.
1: The total financial. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Arab this is Arif Halaby. the Total Financial Hour. Your place for news, talk, and information, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, Manage money managing money, planning for the future. This is a big deal, right? Because it's the second hour of the show where your emails, your concerns, your problems. We try to cover that right here. Listen, part of what we do when it comes to your family's financial life is our goal is to sit down and say, what is the difference that we can make? Because sometimes there's a problem to solve that I can handle. Sometimes there isn't. Sometimes I'll say, listen, it's just called the way it is, right? The old serenity prayer is really good at that. Talks about, Lord, give me the uh, courage or, or the wisdom basically to know the difference of things I can impact, things I can change. Of course, I'm summarizing things I can't but the wisdom to know the difference. So that is really where it comes into play when you in your financial life, what are there things that you can do? You might say, well, gosh, I'm stuck at this job. I like this job, but I can't control my pay. You're right. If that is something you can't do, then we look at it and we say, well, that's one of the things that I'm unable to control, but I am able to control the rest of my hours in a day, getting a second job. Right? There's nothing that says you're supposed to have, look Bible, Constitution, Torah, Koran. There's nothing that says Monday through Friday, nine to five, holidays, weekends off. It does that doesn't exist. There is none of those. Uh, it's man-made. Why not? Uh, why not nine-hour days? Did you ever ask yourself that? Why not nine-hour days? Why not six-hour days? Right? Why not 10-hour days? Where did that come from? Where did the legislation that came from that said you're only supposed to start work or school at 7 or 8 in the morning? Remember, because it used to be the kids had chores to do. Right? Then you finish your chores. And then you go to school. And then you come back and you do your chores on the farm, fields, factory. You need to know this because if most of you don't realize that it's all man-made, these numbers, you actually have the power to do something about it. That was incredible to me. Once I realized, and I was a police officer, i go, what am I going to do with the rest of my time? Right, there wasn't overtime at the, t- at, the, at the time. There weren't overtime shifts available. So guess what I did? I said, wow, I'll just go work a second job or third. And if somebody will do that, if I can do that, then I can create all, uh, all sorts of things. Right, I can create opportunity. I can create extra money. I can create uh, more knowledge. I can learn. Nobody wants to work more. I mean, rarely. I mean, maybe somebody does. But nobody wants to be away from their family. Of course, maybe somebody does. But you have to provide. And the recession is coming, and it's coming hard. They have to do this. You've heard me say this for well over a year. They have to Flood the market with money. That's how they get rid of social security uh, payments being so high. You have to flood the market with money so that it becomes worth less, not worthless, but worth less. You have to increase the, the minimum wage. Why? Because minimum wage is subject to social security tax. It is not subject to income tax. You follow me? In California, 43%, I think, was the last number, do not even pay any zero income tax. So by forcing a minimum wage away from the owner of the business or the corporation into the hands of the individual, and the Democrat left is, oh, we do it because we love uh, the worker people, the working class people, people, people. We need, we love them. So we have to make it so we love them more. And then it becomes this race. We love them. No, we love them more. And the Republican establishment, the Democrat establishment, their job is to to uh, buy votes, right? That's why this whole student loan forgiveness thing, it's what Biden did. He knew it wasn't legal, but they do it to buy votes. And then they make up these rules and they make up these laws and, and they create all sorts of things. And then at the end, well, it's pretty simple, isn't it? At the end, they create this whole scenario where monies flow from the business owner to the $15, 16 $18 dollar an hour person, all of that money is subject to, to a payroll tax, which means social security tax. It also means the employer has to pay more. Not So if you say, I want a $20 an hour job and I want a dollar pay raise, you don't get a dollar pay raise. It doesn't cost the owner a dollar it costs the owner about a dollar 15 or dollar 20 and you don't actually receive a dollar by the time you pay payroll tax and all the other uh, sneaky little tax you you probably get 60 70 70 cents maybe 75 cents so you ask for a dollar pay raise the employer has to put out of his or her pocket about a dollar 20 and now you only receive about 75 cents Did you ever ask yourself, where in the heck is that money coming from? So that's what they had to do. They have to inflate the currency. The the, the next thing they have to do, which is pretty powerful, is you have to diminish, lower the people who are going to be eligible for Social Security. And you don't do that by lowering the people on the bottom. You do that by lowering the people on the top. So... They raise the amount of social security income. Oh, you got to put into social security. If you make $150,000 a year, you have to contribute to social security. Great. So how much are my benefits? $30,000 a year, 40000 So if my benefits are 40000 a year, but I got to pay income tax, uh, sorry, social security tax on money at $140,000, $150,000, i am not getting commensurate to what I put in. If you say, I have to pay Social Security tax on $150,000 in income, and yet I'm going to receive the benefit accordingly, okay, great. Then that's I, I buy something, I get it. But when you take money from people on the top end of Social Security, and you don't give them a commensurate amount, then you have a lot more money to give to who? Well, the lower income. Well, now you might say, that's a good thing, Eric. It's nice to, to help the lower income. I'm okay with that if that's if that's what we all agree to. If at the end, in the beginning of the story, we say and we will help lower income people, I love it. That's then the, everybody agrees. We sign the form. We, we vote. Whatever we do, but that's not what happens, is it? Instead, it's the sneaky thing that happens, and they lie and they say if it's not you, we're going to go after them. And so then they they create this equity of results. How can somebody live on $2,000 a month in social security? They're not supposed to. Social security was never meant to be more than about one third of your income. You were supposed to have a pension. You were supposed to pay off your debts, your house primarily because you'd buy one house. You wouldn't, uh, you know, keep uh, a lot of you guys when you retire, you still have a 22 years left on your house payment, right? Social security was created around a formula that says, uh, you build a house or, or buy a home, and then you stay there. You pay off your mortgage at 30 years. Surprise, did you ever think about this? Why is it a 30-year mortgage? Why not a 25 or 37 and a half or why 30? Well, it's very simple because if you're a man, yes, women, I'm sorry, this is a bit misogynist. I'm a. If you're a man and you work, you have a job, you're a journey, you're, you're an apprentice. Maybe you go to school, you're an apprentice, you're a journeyman, you finally start saving money. Maybe you either open your own business, you open your own company, you promote. Finally, you get yourself established. How old are you? 25, 26, 27. Now, you qualify, you get your 30-year mortgage. So you add 30 years plus 27, you're at 57 years old. You have five or six or seven years to save for retirement. That was more than enough because you didn't have a house payment, because you've been saving a little bit along the way, because you had a little bit in Social Security, and you had a pension. right? Because pension benefits were generally, of course, about a third of your income. Same idea. A third of your income for Social Security, a third from a pension, and a third from your own savings. That was the brilliance behind the Franklin Roosevelt and then later on the, the, the President Johnson's world. You see, because when the left said they were going to keep minorities dumb, they did so by just having them busy. Right? you got to work in the fields, you got to work in the ranch, work in the farm. So then, when things changed and suddenly they realized they couldn't stop the flow, they did an Aikido move. You know what Aikido is? Right, look at Karate Kid. A little bit of a little bit of Aikido. When they come towards you, you just move and slightly redirect the energy. So President Johnson tries to make it really clear, oh, no, no, no. We want to do this whole thing called, uh, uh, you know, minority rights, civil rights bill. And they said, besides, we're now going to move the information, the brilliance, the ability to be smart and wealthy. We're going to move that to upper education. So we're not going to give minorities the chance to go to college. Well, now they start creating their own schools, right? The Howard University, of course, it's been around before the sixties, but but those, the um, primarily black universities get better and better. Their funding is better and better. And now all of a sudden the left says, there's another flood coming and we can't put our finger in the dike anymore. We have to redirect it. So what do they do? They say, now we're gonna control what they teach. We're going to make this mandatory. This is mandatory education at the elementary school level. Mandatory. So you have to teach. There you go, my educators. Remember that. You guys are upset because you don't get to teach anymore. You have all these state mandated requirements, like them or not. You're just more of an administrator now, right? You're not even really a teacher. This is not me saying it. This is them. We have all these things we have to test, we have to write all these reports. So now the left says, well, we're going to control the flow of information. Yeah, 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 yeah. everybody go to college here. It's free, it's free, it's free. Schools, yep, free, free, free. But they have to, in order to get our money, teach these things. That's why the Hillsdale universities of the world, and there's a few of them, folks. uh, Unfortunately, there aren't more. Because just like the conservative uh, Republicans have bowed down to money, so has the, quote, uh christian universities yeah 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 they they've gone the the fake amount towards money too they've done the bidding of the federal government and the state government cuz they need the cash they want the cash they're addicted to the cash so i just want you guys to know this right the, the the outcome is not ever going to be equal unless you're going to lower the value of a brain surgeon heart surgeon right lower the value You're not that smart. Sorry. Janitor, kid that sleeps on his parents' uh, couch, 26-year-old plays video games all day. Nobody wants a career. Nobody has a job. Yep, yep. You should be paid about the same. So no longer are they rewarding hard work, patience, and energy. They're now creating this, well, let's go back to feelings and money. Feelings and money. All right. Here's my first email, guys. important because this one I love. Because it's what we see, uh, we're seeing this a lot. In fact, I had, I think, two cases this week come in. Something similar. All right. Dear Arif, I've been married for more than 40 years, and I've started noticing that my husband has been spending money on things that we don't need. I'm worried he has begun a level of forgetfulness that is beyond the normal. There are charges on the credit card that keep showing up each and every month. He admits to them. He knows that he charges them. But when I ask him why he bought what he bought, why he bought a third item, we don't really need these items, he doesn't seem to have an answer. As packages have begun showing up each week as well, is there? Uh, I am concerned about our finances moving forward. Here's her question. Is there a way to protect our finances and stop these charges? Do you know of any way that I can protect our retirement accounts in case he, he goes in and starts spending that as well. All right. So this is Marilyn. And I understand it because we are seeing this, again, as I mentioned, quite a bit. And this is scary. Scary for a lot of people. And understandably scary for the surviving spouse who says, well, uh, I want to care for that person. But what if they spend the last dime? And you know, good news is they lived three extra years. Bad news is we're I'm broke because we spent all of his money. He blew his money. Scams and frauds are huge out there in the dementia or the forgetfulness world, right? We're seeing this. And once you get targeted, your name goes on a list. If they're successful once with a fraud or a scam, whether it's a small credit card charge, whether it's an online scam where they make you go to Western Union, all of these scams, once you're on that list, there's no getting off of it. You have to almost wash things clean and start all over. Very difficult, all right? So here's what I want you to do. Marilyn, first of all, I want you to do a credit card lock so that nobody can start a new credit card or buy a car without notifying you or your husband uh, personally. So by doing a lock on your, and you have to do all three credit bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian. Okay, you go online. Sometimes you can do it online. If not, you'll have to speak to somebody. They don't make it easy. Because what that does is it makes it difficult to get credit, which means they're not going to be paid. So they're not all for it. They don't make it easy to do. It should be really easy, but they don't make it easy. So what I want you to do when you do that lock is ask each of them, how long will you keep that notification on? And they'll say six months, 60 days, nine months, whatever they say, and you put a note a week before that date, you put it in your calendar to call them up and do another one. all right because you're going to have to keep extending those things. They won't do it indefinitely. The next, I want you to put a lock or a notification, if you will, to not just the financial professionals, so the individual, but the companies in which you hold that hold your assets. right So if you have a mutual fund, I want you to notify the mutual fund company. And the individual broker, they should put it into your uh, profile so that if somebody calls and says, hi, I'd like to make a withdrawal, or if the husband calls and says, hey, I got to make a, uh, I want to make a a distribution, right? Sell this, send me a check. I want a notification, not just on the broker, uh, because sometimes these are done by assistants, right? Secretaries or assistants. I want that assistant to have it notified and you should have... A person's name so each one of these accounts create a folder whether it's electronic or paper that says on this date I spoke to this person and they said my IRA and my husband's IRA is not going to be distributed unless I use a code word or I have a distribution form that's notarized okay so that can be done where the where the notarization of the form so that nobody can sneaky can can come and sneaky and take the money important Next, it might rise to the level of a conservatorship, right? Britney Spears just made that super uh, popular in the media to talk about. Conservatorship is basically you're giving up, or in this case, your husband's giving up his financial rights to you. So even if he wanted to, he's deemed incompetent and cannot sign his name to a a binding contract or a lease or or a purchase. So you have to ask yourself, you got to check with your estate planning attorney, if they push back on it, because I know a, a particular attorney, relatively popular one in town, and he's just not willing to do it. So my suggestion is find another attorney because I think he's wrong. There's got to be a time or or once or twice, some sometime when it's it should be done. I don't know. But he just never seems to do it, even though the case seems pretty egregious uh, and he doesn't want to do it. So sometimes the liability, right? Or they're not familiar with it. Some attorneys, this just isn't their thing. They don't know how to do it. So they just avoid it altogether. I've seen people give up something in their life that's important to making these decisions. Meaning, I want you to cancel all of your passwords, change all of your passwords, the automatic logins, right, where you click in and it says recognize this computer. You, you have to create a way so that even the login is not accepted. Or something. I think a, a tech professional can be helpful. But you have to give that person something to still have power over. Even if it's unofficial, right? You're not doing an official conservatorship, but you're putting blocks on credit cards or closing credit cards that are are have a huge balance potential on them, right? A huge limit. Let's let's close it. Maybe give your husband a two hundred and fifty dollar credit card or debit card that he can send wants all month long doesn't matter you want to buy a bunch of junk at the 99 cent store bring it in bring it in but it's only 250 or 200 or 100 whatever the number is that you're comfortable with i don't like it being much more than that because that's a lot of junk that can be taken from you and i've seen through historic experience that if you don't give them something to have control over a decision making uh process they tend to get violent and strike out Okay, that's from my time as a police officer. It's from my time in the financial business, right? It's the same reason why uh, people will lash out dementia. That's why there's a lot of armchair psychologists and medical professionals that'll look at President Biden and say, absolutely, he's got dementia and forgetfulness. Why? Because it's very simple. Look at how he lashes out. In this case, he lashes out verbally, but he, he lashes out. When when he feels like he's out of control or he's looking stupid, instead of saying, hey, let me fix that, he says, hey, man, I'm going to challenge you to push-ups. Hey, man, uh, you know how smart I am? I was a, a first in my class, top of my class, top third of my class, and all of that turns out to not be true. right? So his his inability to know the truth and to lash out is reasons that we look at President Biden, anybody who's worked in the profession, including Democrats, honest ones anyway, They'll say, listen, there's a problem. Well, you guys know this if you have a spouse that is in that world. All right, what else do I want you to do? I think you need to let everybody know on your team, your CPA, your financial advisor, your financial professional, your attorney, corporate lawyer. If you have a corporation, estate planning attorney so that he can't go in and make changes, right? And now I don't want my wife to be the beneficiary anymore right? Who knows? There's all sorts of things that he might be pushing or she might be pushing if they start crossing the line uh, uh, mentally. And what you do is maybe have a meeting with everybody so they can still play along because that's a part of the process. Everybody feels like they're you know, playing along, giving that person decision-making abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Joe, I will do that for you. No problem. But you've already taken away that permission for him to make those decisions. But very important, please be guided by a lawyer who specializes in this, not somebody who does car accidents or family law and, oh, by the way, I do living trusts, right? I want an expert. Just like if you needed your knee replaced, I don't want the best brain surgeon in the world doing your knee. I get it. She's an expert in, in brain surgery. Awesome. But she has no clue how to do a knee replacement, right? You might find the Best attorney in the world in car accidents and suing insurance companies. Great. They don't know anything about being a trust lawyer, at least not the kind of expertise that I want you to have. Because that's a problem, right? Because it can drive you down the road of making dumb, dumb decisions, even though your heart's in the right place. Remember when I said in the first hour that one of the biggest mistakes people make is they go through this emotional part, they tie emotions with money. And granted, if it comes to buying a new car and you say, I like the blue one is better than the green one. Okay, fine. There's an emotional component. I think the, the house with the white picket fence is better than the house with the fantastic. But you don't buy an investment property. A house is a house. No, no, no. You don't buy an investment property with your emotions. The reason poor people are poor is because they take lessons from, guess what? Poor people. I didn't say bad. I didn't say evil. I didn't say people who have a pretty nice retirement account. But they didn't do anything. You just put money into the retirement account. Went to work every day, put it in. Went to work every day, put it in. Oh, the market's up. Look how smart I am. You didn't do anything. Oh, here, if I bought a house for $75,000 and you know, 27 years later, I sold it for uh, 900,000. Uh, yeah, but you didn't do anything. The market did it. You just paid the bills, thank goodness. You paid your taxes, got it. But what did you do to create wealth? Nothing. So my point is I don't want you guys being somebody who thinks you're, you're taking advice from somebody who is accidentally successful, right? A lot of high income earners or some people would say very cheap people, right? Who just don't spend money, frugal, whatever you call it, that don't spend money. High income earners and or inex- uh, frugal people, right? If you have both of those people combined, They might have a nice chunk of a retirement account, 200, 500,000, a million. Great job. And what do you know about wealth? Nothing. Okay. I don't mean they're bad, but I have to shake the daylight out of you guys because you still think that you're going to take advice, lessons, opinions from somebody because there's an emotional connection to that person. Why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. You wouldn't take an emotional advice from somebody about your surgery, right? If I'm real passionate about knee replacements. Oh, but yeah, if you're a financial guy, but, but you're super successful as a financial guy. Great. So you must be really good at knee replacements because you're passionate about it. My gosh, you have some big words. You said the words. You have some, you have some, oh, look at that. That is a book from the medical school. Wow. Top medical school. That's a book. Yeah, textbook. Yep. Is that a YouTube video on knee replacements? Dude, you are an expert. I want you. All right, so please be careful. Sometimes these people find their way into the financial profession. And you ask yourself, uh, okay, so how did you become successful? Well, listen, I just, uh, you know, I, I, uh, we invest people's money. Really? So how are you investing? Well, I'm not really investing. I just take the name, address, social security number. I'm I'm just the order taker. Yeah, but you got all these licenses and they call you this name and you got a fancy name. You're not really buying and selling stock or, or investigating companies or looking for the next trend. You're just a financial professional who is great because you passed a few tests. Got it. Good job. But what do you know about wealth? Uh, maybe, maybe something, maybe nothing. So, when you're finding an attorney that's going to, at this phase of your life, that's going to change the dynamics financially going forward, please work with just a professional. All right? Important. I've heard horror stories of everything. We've had uh, people come into the office where it's usually the guy, not always, but usually the guy that's kind of losing his marbles and he comes in and we got to fix things and sometimes it's too late. Money is gone. They were scammed and it's, we got to find it. So, you love the person, you love yourself, you find that professional no matter what you do, right? Stay with me, we'll be right back after this break. I'm Arif Hallaby, 888 997 3847 retire. 888-997-3847. And go to Arif, A R I F at tfswealth.com. I'll give that to you after the break. Stay with me. Your email is next. Arif
0: makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial Strategy. learn from Arab learn about financial power
1: the hour hey welcome back for thanks for staying with me Arif Halaby on the total financial Strategy. hour your place for news talking information your family's finances alive and well as we say I think for most of you guys don't realize uh, how powerful it is today to have access to information that means You are out there making choices. And when I say informed choices, I mean, that's a big deal. You get to make decisions based on, well, as much as possible, the accurate flow of information. That is why the left has pushed so hard, right? Remember, their control was about controlling information. Our kids go to college, your kids were, or, or elementary school, really. Your kids work in the field. Our kids go to high school, your kids, work in the fields and factories. Our kids go to colleges and university. We make it so expensive. Oh, it's hard to get in. You have to have the right name. You don't talk with, you know, when you drink your tea, is your pinky out or in? Because if so, you got to go to those little, oh, those little state schools. Yeah, yeah, go over there. We are the uh, Ivy League. Yeah, Ivy, which just means four, by the way, not the Ivy on the building. Uh, Sorry, not four, but nine, right? I V one V. It's number four. I said nine, number four. It's just the fourth, basically, district of schools, the fourth group, IV, one Roman numerals. But nonetheless, our kids go there, your kids go over here. Oh, our kids work at this information, uh, these jobs, these careers, your kids go back over there. Oh, well, now, uh, yep, we have to send you to elementary school, but we're going to control what you learn. Oh, high school, we're going to control what you learn. Today, do you realize... There's almost no reason for the left's grievous industry, right? That The folks that pride, everybody's a victim. You're a victim. LBG, DQ, XY. Why do you think they have to keep expanding it? Do you not understand? Today, where we've had biracial presidents, where we've had black men and women rise to the highest levels of entertainment, the highest levels of business, the highest levels of manufacturing, the on and on. I don't know it's exactly equal. I, I don't. I don't know if there's such thing. And, and what number do, would you say is the right number to have, right? Is it going to be uh, 50-50? Is it 10-90-10? I, I don't know. I just think it's just an impossible thing to ever even achieve. And it shouldn't even be something that you strive for. But along comes the thing that's going to blow up the entire Democrat machine. Free speech. So they had to manipulate Twitter, they had to manipulate Facebook, they have to manipulate Instagram, and on and on. Why? Because suddenly everybody has access to the same information, no longer are they special. Suddenly the internet 20, 25 years ago comes along and says, what did you wanna know? Let's go find it. I don't know anybody, I'm sure there might've been one or two alarmists out there, but when Google said it was going to take Every single historic written work ever created on the planet, and we're going to digitize it and save it for posterity. Remember that? Google said they were going to have everything ever printed, and we're going to put it in a digital format so future generations can access it. With a few clicks, you find it, your research, and then what Google decided to do was to start filtering, huh? Then what it decided to do was to say, well, you don't want to, don't even need those paper, those silly paper books, save a tree, environment, save a tree, environment. And then what do they do on the other side? They they put this digital, oh, but you can't find it. You can't have it. We're restricting it. Like, but but we agreed to let you digitize everything and make it more difficult. You see, because where I grew up, a, poor, a public library was one step above somebody's bookshelf. It was a ridiculous example of public libraries la city public library system in northern san fernando valley horrible so horrible that my mom in in elementary school uh, sorry in junior high and in high school would have to take me to the oviet library at cal state northridge to do research papers because our local library was a joke that's how they restricted poor people minorities you're not going to learn anything were the rich democrat elites we're gonna keep the information over there well today the internet takes the information and makes it available to everybody right and it shows the lie that has been around forever which is knowledge is power knowledge is power now I say it's a lie it's very simple because you can be as knowledgeable as you want but be in the middle of the Mongolian desert and what is your power nothing nothing You know how to build a nuclear reactor in in the middle of the desert. What does that mean? You don't have access to any materials. You know how to build an automobile. Wonderful. You can fix a car. Great. There's only horse buggies around because you're in Amish territory. Sorry. So it isn't knowledge is power. It's the proper use of the proper knowledge at the proper place at the proper time. That is wealth, success, happiness, financially speaking. So if that's the case... And then the Internet takes the the only filter that kept the left still in power, which which was access to information and it and it now makes it even. And it now shows that the Democrat run cities have the amount of violence. It has the depth of uh, uh, injury to minority families. Right? When I was a Los Angeles police officer, they said, oh, you only stop black people. Oh, right after Rodney King, we were accused of all sorts of things. You only do this on black people. We, so we had to keep record. Okay, how, who did we stop? It was a male, black, this age, female, white, Asian, this. Everybody was their category. Because there is no power for the Democrat ideas unless you are your identity. You're your race. You're your gender. Right? So they make up this new gender thing. This didn't happen five years ago. There was men, men and women, male and female. We had transvestites, transsexuals. Tra- we still had everybody. You, you didn't, you shouldn't have beat anybody or killed anybody, that, that was already against the law. And now we have all of these. The only way the Democrat community has power is to separate people into buckets. You're this, you're that. And when money starts to flow back and forth, and they can't control it, they say, oh, we're going to digitize currency. We're going to make it so that banks have debit cards, Visa, MasterCard. So Visa, MasterCard now say, oh, we're not going to accept when you swipe your card for something like a gun purchase or magazine, or we're going to track it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're going to do. First, we're going to track it. So every time you make a purchase at a gun store, we're going to know about it. And then we're going to give that information to the government. You see... The Republicans, in name only, they called rhinos, are aligned with the Democrats. They are, because that's the only way you get power. You don't have power. Imagine if George Washington was that person. We would be in a kingdom right now. We'd probably have one war after another civil war this, civil war that. But George Washington said, I trust the people to make their own decisions. I trust the people to elect their next leader. And it's not going to be me. I'm not a dictator. Right? He thought he was going to be king. Well, that's not what you do. They said, oh, King George, King George, King George. Uh, No, I'm Farmer George, right? I have the best wheat. He did. Best wheat in the colonies. People came to him from all over the world. He was the upper echelon of wheat to make bread. If you had bread from Washington's farm, well, you were, it was the higher end. Brits, right after the war, guess what wheat they wanted? Yep, George Washington's wheat. He was a businessman. Probably not a perfect person, but a businessman who was president. Wait, does that sound familiar? Nah, just making that up. But the internet could only have this result, flatten the information distribution system. And when it flattens that information distribution system, suddenly the, the left doesn't have power anymore because they can't call you a victim. So they have to say you're a victim for, um, uh, because of who you want to sleep with. That's it. You're a victim because nobody likes you sleeping with that person. And most everybody else is like, what? I, I, I just, uh, i got to pick up my kids. We have soccer practice. What is it? I'm, I'm a bad person for, for what again? Oh, reparations. What does that mean again? Okay, so the Irish are going to get reparations. No, uh uh-uh. Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey, right? Remember Oprah? Yeah, her parents, grandparents, great- Somebody, somewhere, owned slaves. So she's a descendant. She has her wealth, what, because of slavery? Oh, give me some of that. I didn't have anybody that I knew from slavery, right? I don't think they had black slaves in Lebanon. I don't think they had slaves in, in Michigan, Right my grandfather they were they were lower income farmers, so uh so wait we have to pay so that Oprah Winfrey can have money because of something i, I, I don't get that part maybe maybe one of you that's way smarter than me can help me understand this because I don't get that the whole reparations. thing because the irish man they would remember there were signs the Irish need not apply woof. The McElhinneys and and, uh, the the Irish names, right? The Sullivans. Ooh, they should be getting cash money right now because somebody discriminated against them for not giving their dad or mom a job. Do you see how ridiculous it is? It's a power shift. That's why you know we're in the end days of the Democrat far left. That's why we know it. It also means end end days are kind of yucky, just so you know, because they've eliminated most of the normal everyday FBI agent. They're disgusted by this. They're disgusted at the stain that the higher echelon, political, ideological left, power-hungry people who might even who, who might even call themselves a, quote a Republican. It's why they're disgusted with them. And there's very, very few people now. Still a lot number-wise, numbers, but a small percentage. Same thing. I could never understand why the chief of police would say, "And we need more gun control." I'm like, do you not understand? The people on the street, the officers, if good guys had guns, they could protect themselves. We didn't have to go to a home and say, sorry, these three big thugs broke into your house and you had to sit there and be victimized. Right? Uh, because you get so high. It's the same reason that Catherine Barger lied to my face. Oh, wait. Did you just say that? Hi. Hi. Is is this on? Yeah. Arif, I'm going to run one time. I'm only doing this. I'm ideologically conservative. All I care about is is law and order. What does she run now? I don't know, three times or something? What, does she just keep running for office? I'm a conservative. I'm the only one that represents the North Valley. What, what's the difference between you and them? Just change the little letter. It doesn't matter. You're the same power-hungry person. Well, I'm the only one that votes. One Four to one. How about you vote to dismantle Los Angeles County, and break it into three counties. I think that's fair. Maybe four. Because it's completely useless to serve the people. You have zero accountability. But there's our power again. So they have to claim victimhood. They have to, everybody has to fit their little, you know, their, your little ideological corner. And what are you? I'm a, uh, male black with female white with gay with bi gender this and and this is who i like to sleep with as long as it's monday through thursday but on the weekends i can get a little crazy (laughs) have you seen the forms now that you got to sign look at the driver's licenses how many genders you can choose heaven forbid i think the only minority left is a male white christian conservative maybe that's the minority things are changing aren't they all right i've got another one for you here this is a, a. from Lawrence and Cindy, it's an email. By the way, you can go to arif at tfswealth.com, arif at tfswealth.com. Send me an email if you have a question. Dear Arif, we've been planning on retiring next April and leaving the state of California. We each have social security. My husband, who's 68 years old, has has about $3,000 a month. And mine, I'm 66, is almost 3,100 a month. You said something about us losing the lower of the two social security checks when one of us dies. So I'm going to pause there for a second. Uh, That's accurate. If one of you passes away, you always lose the lower of the two social security checks. Uh, Partly, I want, usually, the one with the highest social security, which in this case is Cindy, I'd want you to keep working. uh, Sorry, I should say, I want you to not take social security normally until age 70. Because that means the highest of the two instead of it being about $100 more it's going to be eh, maybe $600, $700 more a month that's a lot of money that's basically your property taxes or car payment or right you can uh, equate it with something that you can buy if you can wait until the higher of the two that person reaches age 70 before you start it start the lower one now but start the higher of the two social securities at age seven, zero. Okay. All right, let's continue. Uh, besides our own savings, that's about half of the money that we had for our retirement income. We have saved over $650,000 in our retirement accounts and about 200,000 in our savings accounts. We plan on selling our rental property and should make around $500,000 in our account by mid-January. Is it possible to use this for our retirement income as well? We need about... Okay, I'll get to that in just a second. Pausing for a minute on Lawrence's uh, and Cindy's email. Think of it like this. Cindy, it's pretty clear that you guys have a great source of income and a lot of assets, chunks of money. Transitioning chunks of money into an income stream is key. We either need a lot of time or a lot of money. Right? If you said, oh, I need a particular number, and I'd say, okay, you have $10 million, we can start that today. Or I need a particular number each month, okay, great, you're 30 years old, you have $100,000, I can get you that same income, but 35 or 40 years from now, no problem. Right? I either need a lot of time or a lot of money. So in this particular case, time we don't have, but we do have money, so good job there as Cindy continues we need about $9,000 per month to live on to have a comfortable life to travel in the manner in which we want we do have a special needs son that will need some care uh, that will need care sometime in the future but for now he is fine okay here's where this comes into play guys i want you to be able to have enough money for you to live on that's important because you saved your retirement money for you And that's really the same thing that the government says. The government is very clear about it. It says that when you spend your retirement money on you, it's very favorable. When your spouse inherits it, very favorable. But when your kids inherit retirement accounts, they ding you on that, right? The way to transfer wealth from one generation to another is through real estate, life insurance, Roth IRAs. You understand that? Those are tax-free transfers. But your IRA, your 401k, you have to pay income tax on it. And so do your your, uh, beneficiaries. So what I don't want you to do is to say, here's a big chunk of money in my retirement account. And I'm going to save it, save it, save it, save it so that I can leave it to my son when I pass away. I don't want you to do that. So you have a son that's a special needs person. And he's pretty good right now. It's often the case. They can function by themselves. There's some great support system. But what's going to happen when they inherit big chunks of money? Well, number one, I never want them to inherit it. I don't want them to inherit the house. I don't want them to inherit your retirement account, and I certainly don't want a special needs child to inherit your life insurance. Okay? Have I pulled you off the ceiling yet? But err, if that's so mean. No, no, no. I want their trust to inherit it. A special needs trust can be the recipient. Think of it like a basket collecting all of those assets. And because it's a special needs trust, it's not owned by the son, which means the state of California or wherever you end up the medical equivalent Medicaid in most of the country and maybe he's going to be requiring certain assistance from local state county programs all of those programs put a lien or take your retirement money when he passes away however if the trust owns the money and the only thing your son is entitled to is an income stream a payment For example, the trust pays his apartment rent or his house payment, whatever the trust pays his property tax. The trust pays for his cell phone. The trust pays for his, you follow me? If the trust pays for those things, but he does not own the money, then the state county city can't take the money. So I like the fact that you have a life insurance program. I think you need one. Really I would say somewhere around uh maybe a $200,000 each something like that 250. So I would probably take maybe something like $150,000 of the sale from the rental property, right? It's 150,000. I would split that. Maybe it, maybe it goes into one of your accounts, maybe we do a total of 300. But that $150,000 post-tax money Right? Meaning when you sell the rental property, you don't have to pay income tax on a half. Well, depends on the the money. Depends on when you live there. That's not clear. So I won't go down that road. But in any case, their primary residence, sell your primary residence. You get a half a million dollars tax free. So it comes in tax free because the half a million dollars profit is tax free to you. 250 to each of you and your husband. You take 150,000 of that. Each of you purchase a cash value life insurance policy that's designed to give you an income stream later on, but more importantly, long-term care and about just about a quarter of a million dollars, maybe more of tax-free money. Guess what? To your son's special needs trust. So recapping $500,000 from the sale of your house, money comes in. We use about 150,000 to buy 250,000 in life insurance tax-free into your pocket tax-free into the life insurance policy. If you pass away, it's tax-free to the trust. Now there's a quarter of a million dollars available to him. But what if you live a long time? If you live a long time, then that 250000 can be used as a long-term care payment. If you need help for uh, two out of six activities of daily living, it can be used to pay for or to give you care because it's your money. More importantly, guys, I don't want one of you because it always happens. One of us gets sick and one of us lives a long time. The one that gets sick drains the retirement accounts, drains the savings accounts, and then passes away. And then the person alive says, great, thank you. Good news is I'm healthy as a horse. Bad news is uh, I don't have any money to live and I got to go back to work at age 82. So we have to protect that. So special needs trust, number one, guys, Cindy, that's important because for you and Lawrence it means your assets when you pass away can be held inside of that trust again a qualified expert attorney not even an attorney that just does living trust now and again i want one that specializes in special needs trust how much will you pay mm, 2 dollars 4000 probably if it's any more than that then i'd start questioning what what's going on here right cuz they're they're not quite boilerplate but they there's not a whole lot of changes. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, differences I guess you can make. All right. Here's another thing that matters a lot. Ready? Different uh, fixed indexed annuities that have income features. So we can take your $650,000 retirement accounts. We can split them up, giving you income needs for the short-term income needs for the long-term. By doing that, it gives us a plan C, right? Plan A, plan B, plan C. And the plan C is, what if you need medical care for a long period of time? We can tap into that money. We get all these benefits. And the short answer is, can I get $9,000 a month? Absolutely, I can. I would bridge the gap, Cindy, between today, because it sounds like your social security is more than, than Lawrence's. I'd bridge between now, And age 70 so let's call it about four years by delaying that that's almost a 25% increase about 750 $800 or more per month added to your social security check so you should be right around $4,000 a month that's a big chunk of money guys big chunk if I can get you to wait Cindy till age 70 but you're like air if we need to live we want to eat dinner great let's have some of your retirement accounts we'll spread those out we'll start getting those into your into the system now you're you're spending them you're using them to live on we parked some for the future some far down the road maybe two hundred thousand, maybe 300 but far down the road some we need now but we also buy a life insurance policy maybe on both maybe on one where when both of you pass away that is used to fund to add money to the special needs trust. That means you guys live on your retirement accounts, you spend them, you enjoy life. But if something happens to both of you, how do we protect your son? How do we make sure that he can continue to live a quality life and not be a ward of the state in some sort of institution? By using a special needs trust. All right. And again, make sure we have a good attorney that's doing it. Make sure we have somebody that's a specialist. Uh, because they can be yucky if you're not done if they're not done right. I'm a certified estate planner. I know how to work through these things, but I never want you going to a financial advisor financial professional that also does need special needs trust uh, that can also do loans and I can do your taxes and fix your transmission and by the way, did you need new breaks? No. you go to a, an attorney for attorney work, a CPA for CPA work, and a financial advisor financial professional for that work right for the income lifetime income streams. It's very simple. Sounds a little confusing. That's what we're here for. 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. That's how you get a hold of me. 888 retire Come into the office. Make a phone call. You can even do a Zoom meeting. We'll do whatever it takes. Maybe we can help. It'd be my privilege. It's my honor to help with your retirement accounts. I'm Eric Halliby. Thanks for being a part of the show. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM 870. The Answer. Have a blessed day.
0: strategy. I'll retire comfortably thanks to Araf Halibi. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Araf makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour.